Greetings, fellow wonders in the fourth dimension, and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. My name's Emma, he's Mike, and today it's Kablam! Hello! Hello, teammates. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is uh, Roast of Amazon for 50 Minutes episode. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, what did you make of this one? Um, I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think um, yes. the ending does sort of stumble um in its messaging yes but apart from that it was like a really fun romp and it, it's kind of i get the feeling like this wouldn't be out of place in series one mm. like it's very sort of rtd-ish I mean, especially like the stuff that convey about like sequence you know what i mean yeah i feel so i mean i think actually the way it was acted and mm-hmm. kind of the characters in it and a lot of just a lot of like you you're quite right there's kind of the, the feel and the aesthetic i mean because uh, me and chuck on a sunday will uh will sit down and watch some doctor who before before the main episode comes on and uh mm-hmm. just by sheer coincidence we were watching uh end of the world um this oh. week and um yeah just just the feeling is is very reminiscent of very early uh revival of uh of uh, doctor who mm-hmm. um I mean, I don't know if it's because actually kind of thinking about this series as a whole a little bit, I do feel that um, in between it's, you know, the the message, you know, some very stark and, you know, adult messages. I do wonder if they are pitching it slightly more at the younger viewer, I feel, this Mm. year. Um, You know, just from sort of, I mean, there's gags for the the grown-ups and obviously I don't think there's a seven-year-old going to... um, going to school and, and sitting down with a mate and going, you know, so what do you think about um, uh, late stage capitalism uh, there, Matt, you know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, you know, there are some, some pretty strong gags in there. I mean, pretty dark stuff when Graham is confronted with, with a, a pile of black goo that mm. was the, some former employees and asked for a tissue. <laughs> um, it's like one episode of the X-Files, isn't it? Um, yeah. Squeeze. Season. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, with uh, Mulder and the bile incident. Um, yeah, it was very reminiscent of that. Is immediately what I thought of as well. So, um, yeah, I, but I do feel that, you know, just the way it, the way it's shot and mm-hmm. some of the dialogue and um, some of the kind of slightly, I mean, this is probably harsh, but slightly he-man-ish tendencies of the doctors are kind of, you know, uh, moralise at people sometimes. Mm. Um, it, you know, it does feel like it's more aimed at eight-year-olds than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do. I, I, I agree with you there. It does have a, a, a series one vibe about it currently. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you, you could honestly like swap out Chris Falcon or David Tennant and, um, for Jody, and like you honestly wouldn't um, really notice the difference. And also, so like. It's very sort of like in the general sort of like takedown of things, very sort of sunmakers and um the the Kablam men, the like your delivery men is like very reminiscent, kind of like the conductor from the Great Show in the Galaxy. Mm. And that's like very sort of plasticky, fake, sort of slightly disturbing looking. I mean that was some of the great shots like when like Yaz is going through the warehouse following Dan, um Lee Max character, and they're just sort of like standing there looking between the boxes and it's just like, oh um and sort of when um, Kira's in the packing um, area when they're about to take her away, um, they're just sort of like there, you know? Mm. 
and I think that's that's one of the ways like this episode takes a jab at Amazon. It's sort of it's very sort of like you know uses like buzzwords like teammates and group loops and all that. But there's still the you know they're watching all the the socialization going on, so you don't affect um, productivity. And um, like they've got like this like this like big open like park area they've got for the recreations. Like that's very sort of like what Amazon like Google etc. Sort of do. Yeah, I mean, and the I, I like that the ubiquity of the of the high vis jacket has broken into um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> has has broken into separate galaxies. But yeah, I mean, you and I are both you know veterans of mm-hmm. working in retail and customer services, so we've heard our fair share of of shitty buzzwords mm-hmm. and being referred to. I mean, obviously, you kind of get that thing of of Judy, the um, head of people, yeah, yeah, um, sort of reflexively calling people organics yeah which obviously is obviously thing for human resources which mm-hmm. obviously you know you, you sort of grow to hate as as a human resource sort of tiny cog in these enormous kind of faceless retail machines mm-hmm. um you know this whole thing that um you know with they're wearing their tags yeah which look not coincidentally like the police <laughs> yes. tag or the peck and rolex as mm-hmm. uh, as we call it down in south london um <laughs> uh yeah so to to monitor you know your speed and where you are and mm-hmm. i mean because amazon in real life does that i don't know if you saw in the news but recently the last couple of weeks i read a couple of articles about there are some companies that want to implant microchips in people oh my god yeah to to essentially to to replace like you know for so you can get entry to buildings and things mm. like that obviously people are going fuck no you got to put a microchip in me yeah um so what do you do if you quit <laughs> they just like cut it out of you it's like casino royale and you cut the microchip out of bond's arm yeah <laughs> exactly like, get, get switch blades <laughs> Yeah, did you remember that episode of the um, of the Simpsons? It was actually kind of banned in some countries. I remember seeing it. I could only see it on video. Where he joins the NRA. Oh my and god! Then he wants, and he wants to leave, and uh, Mo comes up and he says, "I'm going to have to remove your NRA tattoo." And he turns up with a cheese grater. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Have you done yet?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's all fine then." Um, but yeah, someone comes around your house with like a potato peel and to come and dig it out of you or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously horrifying kind of. <laughs> glimpse into our terrifying dystopian future i mean i worked at a place where it was we were fingerprinted all right as opposed to using like a a thing to clock in oh it's a biometric sort of thing yeah a biometric thing so i mean because the 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 thought being that obviously people forgetting their their sort of swipe cards Mm. all the time you can't forget your finger yeah i can see the point of that but still yeah i can see the point of that yeah so, but I mean, being microchipped is just horrendously scary. Yeah, that's um, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, what the hell? So, I mean, I mean, it's it's happening now. Mm. That's I mean, and I felt somewhat triggered uh, by you know the the Kablam men sort of going, "Hey, teammates," and all that oh, kind yeah. of faux matey kind of. You know, we, we love how much you like each other, but stop talking and get on with your work. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. No, it's, oh. it's wrong. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, because I've never had, I've never worked for Amazon. I mean, I think mm. we, we we all might be working for Amazon, whether we like it or not, sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's practices are kind of well known as horrendous, mm. and um, yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I think there's well deserved kind of roast, but I mean, it's also it's it's a roast of everyone 
sort of simultaneously because who yeah. amongst us is not using Amazon for bloody everything anyway? So mm. we're the problem as well because you know we're, Amazon Prime as I ordered something two hours ago. Where the fuck is it? You know it's. <laughs> You know, waiting for a helicopter to drop in our, um, you know, mud <laughs> yeah. thing of tea bags and all this sort of thing, and mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're all as much a part of the problem as as anything. So yeah. it's um, it's a, it's it's as much of a not not an attack is kind of too strong, but a, a criticism mm. of everyone anyway. Because yeah. I remember, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Amazon only sold books. Yeah. And it took them three weeks to turn up, if you were lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do want to talk about the ending, or rather the message that this episode tries to convey. Because it kind of gets a bit muddled. Because, you know, the the doctor and company are saying, oh, the system's got a conscience. And it's not not the system that's the problem with the people that are abusing. And that's, you know, that's correct. You You know, shitty people can do shitty things with the system. But in mm. an effort to sort of like um, prove to the main villain, the real villain of the piece, uh, Charlie, that what he's doing is wrong, the system commits cold-blooded murder. And it does. <laughs> to and furthermore, in the end, it's revealed that Kablam's gonna focus, like shift her focus on like being most getting more like people in working. So terrorism works. Question mark? Yeah. yeah. So, mm, yeah. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, that's a bit of a worrisome message because mm. obviously we'd 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 like to not express that terrorism works at any stage. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I think that the trap they sort of fell into with the maybe the episode is that the episode it's going very much in one direction. Mm-hmm. In the you know the it, it's using your kind of your your kind of cliche detector to say pinstripe man is obviously the villain of this mm. piece he's a dickhead he wears a, a a crap suit it must be him right mm-hmm. um you know the doctor yells at him for being a dickhead 15 minutes into this episode <laughs> <laughs> and seems uh, you know and uh, shows no sign of stopping anytime soon um so really the the episode it kind of it tries to def- flip your expectation by having the two corporate managers mm-hmm. who are the obvious villains of this piece yeah. as the good guys essentially but just not really trusting each other which mm-hmm. is again criticism of corporate backstabbing i'm sure but yeah. um because it's trying to flip your expectations up and go aha it's not what you thought mm-hmm. it, it leaves itself a massive job of oh, oh shit i need a villain because mm-hmm. just having it be the system yeah is is kind of a bit wishy-washy and uh, you know so you kind of need it to be the baby-faced kind of nice guy in maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wonder if the guy who wrote this watched Robots of Death and went, <laughs> I want 80% of that, but then I want to change the end. Mm, possibly. I mean, I mean, I did like the flip the, because you obviously expect it to be, you know, the, the higher-ups. I mean, there isn't like a sort of a Jeff Bezos sort of character for you to sort of direct all your hate at. The, like... Um, Slade and um, Judy are very much sort of like middle management. They're sort of like the regional managers, if you will. Yeah. They're not. They're not like the head hon show. Like if it were the head honcho doing that, you'd say that. But I kind of like how they sort of like do the. Oh, you never expect like the lowly 
sort of maintenance janitor slash person sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think this would have worked better if, like, say, robots? If he went full robots of death with it, and Charlie's motivation was fuck people, robots should be doing everything, uh, and you know, I'm gonna kill as many people as I can using my acolytes, the Kablam men. I think that would have that would have been interesting. I'm not. I'm not sure because I can sort of like see why. You'd have, like, somebody trying to champion, like, more human people working there. But even then, so, like, the ending then, as it is, so, like, because, oh, yeah, Kablam's going to, like, bring in more people. They're still going to do the same shitty job. And the I think the way Judy says it's, it's, it's like, uh, an organic sort of um, predominant sort of, like, company they're going to reshape themselves into. So, at least, so, it's going to be, like, 51%. So, and even then, you sort of like, get the feeling that... Like, Kablam isn't necessarily learning um, from its mistakes because they said, what is it? They said, it's like, we're going to like shut down for a month while we sort of like clean up and sort of like, you know, sort things out. But our um, actual organic employees are going to get two weeks paid leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would, I could, I could see like how, yeah, it could go like full robots of death and go, you may as well just like have all the robots do everything. But then it's sort of, mm. But I just think in terms of Charlie's motivation, so to yeah. speak. I mean, it would have it would have got round the sort of killing of his crush a bit more. I mean, um, because like you say, the, the most problematic maybe part of this is the fact that the system's like, I know what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of it kind of works in terms of I suppose in, in terms of machine logic and stuff like that. Yeah. Because um, uh, I played a, a game uh, called the Turing Test, mm-hmm. which is I, I won't go into it too much as it will be spoilers, but uh, for people who might want to play this, but um, essentially what it is is you're a person who goes to Europa. It's when we've got kind of intergalactic, you know, or inter inter solar system travel, and you mm-hmm. go to the moon of Europa, um, and because the the people that were there have sort of gone silent and there's an AI system there called Tom mm-hmm. who has also kind of gone quiet. So you go with a different version of Tom to so you can sync them back up uh-huh. and try and work out what happened. But as you go through, you have these kind of philosophical discussions with Tom, the AI. Mm-hmm. And there's this one bit where, you know, you, you have to solve puzzles to the, 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 the uh, crew have set up because they're trying to fool the Tom on the station uh, mm-hmm. from coming to get them because something's happened. Again, I won't go into it too much. Um, but as you go through the puzzles, you your character sort of says, you know, why am I doing all this? Why can't you just, you know, break through and get to the next door and things like that? And it's kind of Tom sort of says to you, well, I mean, logically, you're, you've solved this puzzle by, you know, going through a window to touch something and shooting a gun over there and a machine would just you know, cut the arm off somebody and throw it through there because it does mm. the same thing because it's the most logical yeah. thing. Um, and that's kind of the explanation I kind of attribute to the Kablam system going, well, I need him to stop. Yeah. How can I do this? How can I do this? The most efficient way is to take the thing that he, the one thing I know he cares about mm-hmm. and put it in jeopardy. Yeah. Because to be fair to the the system, Charlie could have got her at any stage. Yeah. Because he knows he could have got down. I mean, as soon as he gets told, he could have said, I mean, because like I say, no one suspects him at that point. So Yaz mm-hmm. and um, and Ryan, he could have just said, 
hold on there. I, I'm going to go and do something. I'm going to go get something, disappear, get her out, come back. Yeah. So it, it was entirely within his uh, ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Also, I know that there's the logic of she's she had no idea, but, you know, if you sit in a room with a loaded gun, yeah. no one makes you point at your own face and fire it. No. She, I mean, she had, she had no idea that the uh, the bubble wrap was lethal. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, machine logic, you know, I didn't kill her, she killed her. Yeah. Because she she popped the the bubble wrap. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the system knows that she's sort of like, she doesn't like actively yearn for a gift. But considering she's never had one until she got a box of chocolates off Judy for her birthday, which I thought was a bit odd, but maybe, you know, she comes from a, a really, really hard up family. Hence why she has to work for Kablam. Um, you know, obviously it's going to like send her a parcel and you know she uh, to be fair she does pick up the bubble wrap because she thinks oh well i haven't really got anything but i've got this it'll keep me entertained so it's kind of sort of like it is kind of hoping that she's gonna fall for it but again like the con the system could just go well i didn't make her do it yeah she exactly you yeah. you, you you know um but it, it is quite uh, i think that's kind of one of the the episodes kind of more clever um, mm. aspects in that it, um, it it does that sort of new Doctor Who thing of taking something entirely innocuous and yeah. making it uh, scary because who doesn't pop the bloody bubble wrap everything comes in yeah um, did, did, the, did the writer of this episode like, attend the Stephen Moffat school of making ordinary objects fucking terrifying <laughs> because... yeah but I was there's, there might be more than a few parents who are like oh thank Christ because we used mm. to drive my mum's spare doing that <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's not yeah. going to work if you pop it. In, you know, so yeah, um, I'm sure there's probably a few relief people. Like, oh, thank Christ, they're not going to pop the bubble wrap anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do like yeah. it. So how like like it's it's sort of like uh, sort of also sort of poking slight fun at um, Doctor Who's past because obviously Ark and Space you got the infamous sort of like bubble wrap painted green as yes. like to make like the monster pathetic and what happens when uh, the explosive bubble wrap is popped the explosion is green <laughs> yes i think there was <laughs> I thought uh, that was really good yeah i thought that was really cool so um should we talk a little bit about our uh, our, our lovely quartet um mm. again i'm i'm kind of loving the with jody mm-hmm. i think what is really working for me as as her doctor is the kind of the little gestures she puts in that i think if you blinked you missed them mm-hmm. like right at the beginning of the episode when the kablam man turns up and he's yeah. doing the whole spiel mm-hmm. she does the kind of little dance at the same time as him yeah um <laughs> which I, I just think is really nice mm-hmm. and it's very troutney um for me and you know i'm i'm all about that shit so yeah. um yeah i i'm i'm loving a performance kind mm-hmm. of every every week i mean I, I i mean i could do maybe a little bit without her like i say uh kind of her her tendency to kind of he-man moralize at people mm. um but i think that because like i say because i i think that the the show is going for a more we're aiming at a younger kind of family demo mm-hmm. um that um this stands to to be repeated and also i mean it's not a bad message for the adults out there either yeah i've had more than a few shitty managers in my time and i wish i could have just told them <laughs> off like that yeah um, but i'm not the doctor so no. there we go no um and one thing i think we were talking about last week is um we're kind of hoping for her to like lose her shit and she does come very close into it she gets very close to, like especially when she's like confronting 
like Slade and Judy, and then especially at the end when she's like having it, like shouting at Charlie, like she's getting very close to like sort of like getting angry. And I thought I really liked that. It's because it's not sort of like it wasn't sort of like tenant levels. You know, how like when David Tennant's doctor would get like angry, it, it didn't really sort of like. He's just being shouty. He didn't release any sort of mm. like threat behind him. But here she's sort of like got enough force behind her where you sort of like, oh boy. I mean, she doesn't like go quite entirely over the edge. But um, when Charlie's amongst the delivery men and she shouts to him and she's like set it up so they'll sort of deliver the packages to themselves, she just goes, last chance, Charlie, get back here now. And she doesn't. But what was interesting was after the parcels had exploded and taken out Charlie. There's a bit where she looks actually gut punched that she's yeah. had to do that. And when yeah. she like repeats the model, you know, if you want it, kablam it. She's sort of like, it's very deflated about it. It's like, shit. Like she didn't want to do it, but it was necessary. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can't say that. I mean, again, because we, we, we watched the end of the world, mm-hmm. the infamous bit uh, of end of the world obviously is where Eccleston's doctor just watches as Cassandra explodes yeah and then goes well fuck her and leaves essentially <laughs> yeah. um so obviously that you've got that kind of evolution in in that and um she gave him every chance mm. I mean against all reasonable expectation essentially so in in Doctor Who terms you can't say fairer than what she actually did do yeah but um it actually that that little sequence there led to one of my one of my favorite gags I think maybe one of uh, that we've ever had in revived Doctor Who mm-hmm. where it was kind of it was almost throwaway but made me laugh quite a lot where the the little kind of fella sort of um saying to the doctor about you know people who displayed your symptons looked up blood pressure medication (laughs) yeah Yeah, that was good good old twirly liked him i did like twirly um i again sort of the 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 not very subtle roast of amazon because it's the first stage kablam man Mm -hmm. or kablam system when she's talking to him and he says don't you know not sell you anything even the upselling (laughs) which is Oh, uh, kind of a, a retail term for for when you, if anyone, I'm sure people, a lot of people know this, but just in case you don't, mm-hmm. uh, upselling is when you um, you go to buy something and then stuff like Amazon usually will, there's like an algorithm and then it suggests you other things. Mm-hmm. It, so it's like people like you also bought yeah. when they bought this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so say you buy um, marigolds, so yellow yeah. gloves for your washing up, it will say, uh, if you buy this thing and the washing up liquid, you could, it will be this much. Mm-hmm. And that's what upselling is, essentially. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, sort of throwing in little corporate words like that that a lot of us will recognise was kind of <laughs> it's pretty funny, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, pretty kind. Yeah, I also like sort of like totally get to like a little existential crisis. So like, the future is very confusing for my protocols. Yeah, yeah, and Graham's like, yeah, same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, again, I think that, I mean, every week I feel like we're saying this, but um, knocking it out the park, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Even as, uh, I mean, because uh, this kind of thing of he's like, the ultimate everyman and can mm-hmm. kind of fit in with everybody and find out all the gossip kind of character. I do like that essentially because there's four of them now, mm-hmm. and obviously one of them is the doctor that 
the three companions essentially take kind of a thing that the doctor would normally be doing yeah and go off and do that thing on their own so graham's the one who kind of gets in with everybody mm-hmm. finds out all the gossip yeah and you know yaz is the investigator also she's a police officer so she got you know that kind of dogged kind of columbo-ness about her mm-hmm. of um kind of wanting to get to the bottom of things and um yeah. kind of ryan's playfulness yeah i do um, i do want to go back to yaz because i, I thought it was yeah. that finally sort of like acknowledged the fact that she was a police officer because she actually puts uh charlie into a restraint when yeah. um when he's like trying to set the things off i i yeah. don't know why i just like that moment because i think it's just because i don't know if the other writers necessarily forgot about it or just sort of like it's sort of like the writer's been paying attention to like the character briefs. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like how like like Bill in series ten, like her first episode established her as like being a bit of like a pop culture reference sort of thing, which could get very tiresome if they went with that. But then it wasn't until Empress of Mars where they actually sort of like went, yeah, she sort of like does she has this sort of like thought patterns. So, like, it's not like Yaz is putting people to the ground every episode or anything, but it's nice that they're actually called back to that. Yeah, I mean, um, I did think that it kind of went the other way a little bit with Ryan in the... Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about that, that it was obviously that they kind of... When you're writing episodes at this stage, because you're just writing it from the brief... The, you know mm-hmm. the character brief essentially rather than the um the the having watched it so you you're what re- you're writing these episodes based on kind of a couple of a4 sheet log line about this is graham graham does this graham does that mm-hmm. um so yeah i i thought i liked it in terms of graham and yaz but with ryan mm-hmm. um it worked up to a point apart from the thing of i'm dyspraxic did i mention i'm dyspraxic i don't you know i'm yeah. I, I yeah, I find it difficult to do X, Y, and Z and um yeah, I mean I don't mind that mm-hmm. at all um, to a point. But I mean it was kind of like, yeah, I got it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit in that. So um Yeah, it, it didn't I mean, I honestly thought in the, the, during the bit where they're sort of like packing up the, the boxes and talking to Kiri, you'd think maybe he would have like a a moment where he's like fumbles something and what have you, but it like his dyspraxia well, yes, it's a great character trait, and I'm sort of like glad they're not using it as a crutch to get him into trouble. They're yes. also sort of like, <sighs> I think it's one of those things where if you like establish a character has like a certain thing, you've got to like find a good balance because yes. you don't want to override it too much for them to get into trouble. But at the same time, if you ignore it, they're sort of like, then why did you introduce it in the first place? So right. I'm kind of glad they at least sort of paid lip service to it. But I would have rather him sort of like. Like like I say during the like the packaging, like he like fumbles a bit and says like, or says like, oh you know I've got this condition, I'm I'm a bit out of practice, you know. Like he says like when he first started out um, back home, like his mates used to cover for him for like the first month until he's like got the hang of things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ryan's sort of got a little bit of the short shift um, this time, but that's you know they can't all have like equal uh, time in the sun. If that yes. makes sense, so so I think that that two thirds of the way through this series, which we are now, mm-hmm. probably, oh, um, <laughs> uh, um, I the thing that I the, one of the things we were most concerned about mm-hmm. that how are we going to fit four people in this TARDIS and it not be weird and mm. people going to get their kind of equal go and all this sort of thing. It mm-hmm. so far so good on that respect. Yeah, 
Um, uh, you know, we've we've been critical that you know maybe Yaz has kind of been pushed to the back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but for the for the vast vast majority, I think they've made it work pretty well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you are going to have to accept that with four of them, mm-hmm. they can't all be all of them all the time. So. Yeah. No, no, I mean but, that's that's fair. I mean, it's yeah. it's a tricky thing to to juggle. Yeah, it sure um, is. Yeah, and um, I think the only sort of like criticism I have of Team Tardis as a whole, it's again getting back to uh, Kira. Yes, Yaz like has a moment where she says, oh, "I want to take this pendant that um, Lee Max Carrot had back to his daughter," but they never really address Kira's sort of like death. I mean, she very much did get fridged. Yeah, she did get fridged. Um, yeah, that was uh, that is a bit disappointing. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think that that might be a symptom of screaming to the climax. When yeah. I mean, like I say, if if I think I've got a criticism of this episode, it's that it ninety five percent of it is is fine. But then they didn't in in an effort to kind of mess with your expectations. The the the, the landing gets fumbled. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is entirely fair. Yeah. I kind of wonder whether we might, like, have a return trip to Kablam because there's something about this episode, I kind of, like, feel like it could be sort of, like, followed up, not necessarily as a two-parter, but sort of, like, you know how, like, Long Game went on into Bad Wolf? So yes. it was, like, the same place but separated by, like, uh, like decades or in, like, Bad Wolf's case, I think it was, like, a century or something, something like that, and I can't remember. Um, mm. But... Um, that I think that would be especially like with the ending, like I say, where um, Slade and Judy are like, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get more people into jobs," and sort of like, "Yeah, you haven't really learned, have you?" <laughs> no, exactly. I think that that might that might well be the case, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's one of those things that it's it's easy to come back to at a later date if they yeah. want to. Mm-hmm. They haven't got to immediately have plans, but it's no. you know you've made all the props, you might as well. Um, <laughs> It's. Uh, I, saw, I did see some people say, "Well, Kablam shit," because you know, the, obviously that that she made, you know, the doctor made that order two doctors ago, and it only just turned up. Mm. I sort of interpret it slightly differently in yeah. that, um, you know, the dear old Amazon of like, you bought this a while ago. Would you like to buy it again? Even though it's something that conceivably I'd only ever buy one of ever mm-hmm. um, function. I do wonder if it was if Kablam's asking for help. It just sent her another one. That, that's possible. I think the other alternative you can think of is who would have placed the order, the 11th Doctor. The 11th yeah. Doctor always had a bit of a problem about staying still. <laughs> yeah. So it's entirely possible, sort of like, he placed the order. He's been trying wait, to find her. <laughs> yeah, waited about like two and a half minutes and went, right, I'm off. See, and then they've just been trying to chase the system or sort of like they've tried to deliver it to, you know how like sort of like you, they're trying to deliver it to you, but then, you know, you're not in all the parcels too big for your letterbox so they take it back to the depot. Yes. And then yeah. when this problem comes up, Kablan's gone, aha. Uh, yeah. So I think that these, uh, this equally valid interpretations, mm. definitely. Um, so anything else uh, you wanted to mention about Kablam or shall we go ahead and score it? Um, I think we can go ahead and score it. I think, um, I think, I mean, slightly sloppy ending aside, I think definitely a seven. Yeah. I'm right there with you actually. Um, because it's one of those things of I like ninety five percent of it. I really like the gags. I like mm-hmm. the aesthetic. I think mm-hmm. that you know it looked good. Um, I liked Team Tardis. Um, I think that you know Bradley Walsh especially is is just 
kicking ass uh, mm-hmm. in, at this stage. Um, I think the any anything that kind of shits on Amazon, even though you know I'm as guilty <laughs> as anybody is relying on it to keep me going <laughs> yeah. because I don't I don't want to go outside and then a man <laughs> comes and brings me all the things I need. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so as much as, you know, uh, as we all rely on um, these kind of horrendous, dystopic, late-stage capitalism devices, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's anything to roast Jeff Bezos, who's, at, as we speak, hollowing out a volcano, I think, to... <laughs> to live in and be <laughs> mm. to, to really just embrace his kind of evil villain status. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's right there. And uh, yeah, I think that maybe the ending just does let it down a bit. I kind of, if you're going to go robots of death, I kind of wish he'd gone for robots of death. I think mm. it would have worked a bit better, but um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a seven. Cool. So let us know your thoughts. You can email us at greatershow at simplysyndicate.com, tweet us at greatershowpod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash greatershowpodcast. We invite you to visit simplysyndicate.com and check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, uh, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon, and you can donate to the network through PayPal, which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. Delivery fulfilled, and remember, if you want it, kablam it. (laughs) 